Hey, this is Josh. Hey, this is Mike, and you're listening to Two Broke Watch Snobs. Uh, this is kind of a different episode. We have a special guest, and it's actually, uh, I think it's going to be a good one. Uh, we've been gone for a little bit. Um, Kaz is kind of busy. I've been doing some traveling, but that's okay. We're getting content out, and uh, I think this is going to be a fun episode. Oops. You know, Josh, I don't know. <laughs> Kaz is usually so good about this, and I have to look it up now. Do you know the episode number? You should know. I should know. Um, I could <laughs> Not go really. into my phone. <laughs> Prove your worth, fanboy. No, no, don't, don't, uh. don't do that. We need your phone to focus on the call. This is episode two thirty one of Two Broke Watch Snobs. Kaz also also usually does this uh, this quote. I don't yeah. know how he comes up with them or where where he pulls. I think movies and stuff. This but, is uh, this is the only podcast with a timeout channel for Steve. I can guarantee that. That's true. The Slack is uh we can we can talk about the Slack today because you're an honorary member. You've been there for a bit, and a lot of people, a lot of people want to know what it's like. Just honorary. <laughs> <laughs> You've been there for a while, actually. I think you're yeah. you're definitely OG TBWS, which is why I think we wanted to. Uh, I, I don't know. I've I've always kind of wanted to do uh, an episode with you, um, and I don't know, just casually talk watches because, uh, yeah, I don't know. We're we're coming into a new year. People are doing watch collecting resolutions and figuring out how and what they're gonna buy for the year. So, well, um, thank you. I I'm. I'd say I'm flattered, but I'm not just pandering here, and I still can't believe you chose me over Baird's uh, smooth, sexy voice. So thank Baird, you. Baird, Baird is a pretty pretty fun guest. He's a pretty fun guest. <laughs> You've got a sweet voice too, Josh. Oh, well, yeah, flattery will get you everywhere. <laughs> so anyways, yeah, this episode is going to be fun. This is going to be an interview with uh, Watch Squatch, which is your your Instagram name. It is. Um, <clears throat> we're going to talk about just some general watch collecting, uh, kind of <laughs> interestingly why uh, our watch collecting tastes seem to intersect so often. I've always That's a good that one. Was, that was kind of funny. Um, maybe there's been some stuff on the site that's been published recently because uh, we had LVMH Watch Week recently. Um, we had the Oris uh, unveiling in Vail, Colorado. Um, that's really cool. Yeah, so we, we got some stuff to talk about, and um, because of tradition, because we love tradition here. Yes, and um, I don't want to break things. <laughs> of course, of course. <laughs> it's time It's time for that audio wrist check, and as our guest, I think that you should go first. So I'm, I'm curious to, to know about what you're wearing. Well, thank you. What, am, what watch you're wearing. Yes, that so, is. Uh, yeah. um, black t-shirt, uh, jeans... Um, so I am, I had a new arrival this week. Um, I picked up a Paulin or Pauline, uh, Neo B, which is the orange dial. And I'm just like smitten with it. Um, it's, um, this is an anodized aluminum dial is horizontally brushed. Um, really cool graphic design, um, with, uh, 12, 2, 4, 6, 8, 10 on the dial, interspersed with like um, black dots and kind of the steel blue indices or printed indices. And then there's no loom on it. Um, it's a fun little watch. And um, 
it's actually like I've seen a couple cases like this now where the um, lugs don't come up to the top of the top surface where the bezel intersects with the case. So there's actually like a kind of a cutaway so the, lug, the lugs slope away pretty nicely. Um, almost no brush uh, polish surfaces on this watch, which makes it um, totally my thing. But like um, the polished bezel is really nice and super clean. There's like nothing extra on this watch that doesn't need to be there. So um, really well-designed watch and I'm enjoying it. Yeah, I was kind of surprised when you got this one. Um, it's not as, uh, I think it's not as sporty Tooly. as what you, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's not as as, as tooly as you, as the other stuff that you usually wear. Is And I don't, I actually completely forgot about this brand. I, I mean, no, I, I don't mean to you know, offend them or anything, but I, I just, I have seen these before, but it looks like all of their stuff is out of stock. And maybe that's why, um, <clears throat> I wasn't really paying much attention or anything like that. Um, They've restocked them a couple times now. I think they're making them in small batches. Um, I think um, Bo was saying at one point uh, that um, the printing dials or printing of the dials was really hard, so they weren't going to do another run. But I guess they were convinced to do another run, and um, um, I missed out on that. And then um, the kind people, at, I think it was James Porter, um, had a couple in stock they posted on instagram and i messaged them and they sent it over super quick and it's super awesome and um yeah it, it's definitely not my usual fare um but i think i was trying to figure out why i like it i think it's all the things i like but not in my usual um overall aesthetic yeah so like like super minimal super clean well designed balanced it, it's just you know it's no, now I have two watches that are thwarting the uh, the goal of only 20 millimeter lugs um, because this is an 18 with I think it's about a 38 case yeah um, but it's just fun to look at and um, I'm in a place where like I feel like I don't do anything that warrants a fancy watch and um, when I've bought other watches that seem to be dressy like I always go back to my tool watch or like, you know, like the paradigm or something like that. And, um, I've had this on for almost a week now without even like thinking of taking it off. So it's, it's, it's definitely hit a good spot. Do you still have it on the, uh, I think the last shot I saw, you had it on this green nylon strap or something, something like that, right? Yeah. I, I think I swapped it out for a, a, a gray version of it. And it's funny because the nylon straps came from, Either the Loris or the was the other um, really cheap Seiko full loom dial field watch that's like super tiny. Um, I forget what that is, but they, they came with those, and um, it's, the Neobu came with a leather strap. And I'm just always Mr. NATO here. Um, I quickly took that off and found some nylon straps that I hadn't thrown away yet. <laughs> they were 18s, and they happened to look really good on it. That's awesome. Yeah, so they it looks like they make the Neo A, the Neo B, and is it the Neo C? Yeah, Neo C. Oh, and they have a lot of other stuff. They have these commuters too. Yeah, it's, it's really nice work. And I think uh, the woman that runs this business, her husband is the Anne Ordain guy, or I could be just completely mixing that up. 
<clears throat> but I know the two companies are related in some way, or maybe I'm just making stuff up. But it looks like there there was an Anordain collaboration on the website. Um, I can I can see that. I feel like I've heard that somewhere too. But yeah. So what do you got on Mike? So today I got the um, I have the IWC Spitfire Chronograph that I picked up. Um, I picked up October of last year. It was uh, a nice, <laughs> a surprise authorization by my wife uh, to <laughs> to kind of yeah. let me let me pick this up when we were on a trip uh, down in Arizona, and I I like the fact that I don't have to care about. IWCs anymore recently I've spent way too much time talking about IWC pilot watches and being really dumb and trying on the big pilot and trying to fool myself that it would somehow work for a five foot seven guy um, <laughs> but this uh the chronograph I think this one came out in 2019 which was cool because 2018 the year before uh was when Panerai refreshed their you know their entry-level watches they swapped out the unitus movements they put in-house stuff and then in 2019 uh this watch was unveiled with the new uh, like entire spitfire collection and then iwc kind of followed suit uh they refreshed this whole entry point of watches with in-house movements and they shrunk the cases so you have this chronograph you had the um the spitfire automatic which is a sweet little time only thing it's it's got this kind of these Mark 11 vibes to it, um, but kind of in a smaller case than what you get with the Mark 18, which is another really cool watch. And what's fun about the the chronograph is that, um, I don't know, when you spend time with an IWC chrono and you interact with it and see how nice the movement operates, uh, you, you start to realize that IWC is really, they kill it with their chronos. Um, and it's nice because that desire for a ridiculous big pilot just melted <laughs> away after a, after a week of just having this. I love the forty one millimeter case size. It's really, it's it's almost it almost helps out with the thickness because I know it's a thick watch. I think uh, maybe fourteen yeah. fourteen mil or so. But it's I don't know because it's so small in diameter. It, that thickness is charming in some way. If it was if it was forty three like the. Um, like the regular pilot chronographs, um, I think the thickness maybe would get to me, but this thing is cool, and I just have it on that olive green canvas strap, which is just so perfect. I don't know, I love it. Yeah, it's a great looking watch. Yeah, I might actually. Uh, I'm. I'm <laughs> there's a there's a somebody else in in our circle that really seems to like this watch that does really good review videos, and I'm I'm wondering if he'd like to spend some time with it because it would be oh, cool that. to that guy no definitely don't give it to him <laughs> send it here first and then you can give it to him <laughs> yeah i don't know i but do, <laughs> like does this seem like an iwc that you would go for because i don't i can't tell if you if you were ever really into the brand or or anything like, like that um this is this is where like i i start becoming a walking hypocrite but like i i'm like i don't know i'm a 46 year old like old pseudo punk if you i don't know what you want to call it but like like are I'm, you really 46 yeah i'm, I'm an old man uh, no way <laughs> but but yeah um but like i've like my whole like ethos in life has always been anti so like 
whenever I started getting into watches, it was just like, no, I, I'm not doing this. Like, I'm not I'm not going down the path or I don't like these watch brands because they're the brands. So, like, it was only recently where IWC was something where, like, I allowed myself to look at or appreciate. And I, I'm sort of, I wouldn't say I'm coming around on that old other fashion brand, but um, I am starting to understand it why they're appreciated but um yes like I, I think the military inspired chronographs are just fantastic and um i love the iwc you have and i find personally i find chronograph to be something that i really love aesthetically but like i don't reach for them yeah so like i am perpetually perplexed because I, I seem to keep ordering chronographs and then when they come I'm just like well that was fun and uh, who wants it <laughs> <laughs> by the way going back to the to the Neo uh, the Neo B so the Neo is actually the collaboration with Anardane oh, okay <laughs> it was staring at me right in the face here on, on the site so I just wanted to clarify that oh nice alright yeah, this. Um, Back that up for not reading any text on a website. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. We try. We try to. We try our best here at TVWS. Um, yeah, don't you guys have a website? We do have a website. <laughs> I, I actually, man, I I I, I want to publish on that thing way more than we usually do. It's it's so hard. I have so much respect for people that you know run, run these watch websites that just like publish every day because. I don't know. I've I've helped out with more high output watch websites before, uh, and you know, and then I've done this too, where it's a weekly podcast. It's just it can be so hard if you don't have an army of of writers. Uh, yeah, it. You have I, a website. I can't imagine how difficult it would be to keep up with the you know, just waterfall of stuff that comes out. Um, it's truly daunting in wet times, but like then when like you see the coverage, I'm for the most part like uninterested and uninspired past the pictures, mm-hmm. with few exceptions. Yeah, yeah. My my uh, my favorite was always, and this is pre-pandemic, obviously, but my favorite was Showtime. You know, because you had that regular cadence of you know you start off the year with SIHH, Basel, and then you might have some you know brand specific uh, press events. Um, and it was cool to just sort of line up all the embargoed press releases and everything, uh, and, you know, make sure everything is scheduled and published. And, you know, then you have this surprise release. I don't know. You can, you used to never actually still, you can never, uh, keep up with what Rolex was going to do. So if they came out with something and you wanted to do a write up, it had to be just like lightning fast. And that's what I, that's what I really enjoy. I, I love a lot of like the quick quick turn coverage stuff so hopefully we'll be able to see see some more action on the uh two broke watch snobs website this year but well, cool i look forward to it want to keep talking about you okay sorry um, <laughs> so how did you get into watches oh god i already told the story today but um it's also kind of embarrassing so i won <laughs> you're gonna laugh i won a design award yep. and uh, my company sent me to Germany to accept this design award and it was with the BMW Welt and it was super awesome and 
um, along came that was like there was a like a 500 buck financial windfall from that from the company as a thank you and on top of sending me on these travels and I was like oh cool what do I do with this and I should probably do something fun with this and um, someone was just like how about a watch I was like yeah I haven't bought a watch in a decade um, or so and I was like this would be fun so um, I have a Hamilton is it thin line or thinomatic mm, um, intramatic no thin it's, it's either like the thin line or thinomatic it's it's this like 33 34 millimeter hand wind um, Hamilton champagne dial like bar indices and it's just it was my step grandfather's and it was given to me and I remember wearing it when I was younger but that's so I started looking at Hamilton's and then I found the khaki field and that was the I ended up going with a 42 and um, that was my first watch and then I realized how big that thing was and I eventually that one went away and I got the uh, 38 and felt a little bit better about it but I still think that watch would be so much better at a 40 but what do I know um, and then in the process of doing all the internet sort of thing for Hamilton's I found vintage Seiko um, and then like retro watch guy and watch stees and from there just snowballed and I'm now just a watch buying degenerate like you. It gets really bad. And it does. I, 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 I almost, you know, we used to do a disclaimer of, you know, for the foul language on this podcast <laughs> yes. back in the early days when I just sound like a broken man. Um, <laughs> I, I feel like the disclaimer that we should do is would be for the slack because it, we really are just really bad enablers. Um, just always pushing each other to to collect and you know make some yeah. kind of purchase I'm, I'm keeping my eye on the sales channel now for you know what um, yeah <laughs> but, I, yeah I, 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 yeah the pull is there it, it, it's I don't want it I don't like it um, I, I, I shudder to think about like you know the materialism attached to this hobby but like yeah it's it's fun for me because there's something f- I'm like I am not like a movement snob so much other than like I prefer to be automatic because there's this like symbiotic relationship with you and this machine strapped to your wrist and kind of you know that part of it gets me excited um like mechanical wines are cool but like especially when you can you know have a, a, an exhibition case back and watch it all but it really just um the automatic movements just excite me in a way that um just make me happy i do, it's completely silly and i know it's there i only need one uh but yeah um obviously i don't so uh i'm here with you <laughs> so let's back up for a moment you you said that you won a design award which which award is that oh god so i really have to go into this i won an if gold what is that an if gold IF Gold, okay. It's kind of, um, it's it's an international design award. It's the gold mark is the the uh, you know, the ten percent or the best of the best or how they acknowledge that. So I won it for something I designed, and um, my company is or was uh, very uh, 
very much an enthusiastic collector of these awards, so everyone was motivated to do so. And this this design, or I guess the focus of what you were doing, is that more, um, is that more specific to product design itself? Is it more of a focus on the user experience? Um, and does that in any way translate with you know, how you uh, scrutinize watches? Um, it was definitely uh, heavy on the product develop product development side. Um, I designed medical products in, um, just leave it at that, um, a lot of focus on wearables and diagnostic equipment, uh, so very much into trying to make people's lives better and less stigmatizing with their conditions. Um, so, but yeah, with a whole focus on trying to take the medical wearable industry away from like these hard, scary, plastic, stigmatizing things that they were strapping to them, their bodies yeah. and, and replace as much as you can with uh, <laughs> silicones and TPUs and fabrics and everything you can do to kind of make it less scary. And uh, it was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed doing it and now I'm doing something else. That's cool because I've heard you talk about design stuff before, but I guess I never really, you know, pride and figured out what you were doing exactly i just remember one day uh <laughs> i remember one day last year i i you know i posted about a wearable that i was involved in at, at you know work and kind of like the pre-production process specifically on the user experience side and it's, it was a watch it was a yes. kid's smart watch and you just you kind of just you, you I, wrote this I got it. <laughs> yeah. You were like, I you jumped know, in. You jumped, but it was really cool because I, 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 you know, I wasn't really calling the shots or anything, but you know, some of those questions that you did pose, you know, made for some great conversation, uh, which oh, I cool. brought, to, brought to the team, and um, not not with that project anymore, but that project, you know, that product mm -hmm. is in market, so we'll see how it goes. But I, the hardware side was just I, there was. There was close to zero focus on the hardware side. It's That's just, unfortunate. But it's kind of just generic crap that you can buy and put your software on. Uh, we won't. Well, we the, won't say the company. <laughs> no, I get it. Yeah, no, I get it. It, it. It's tough because it seems like one either you have a company focused on the product or the, the um, user interface or or some aspect of things, and not but not the whole package. And uh, it's one of the reasons. I think yeah. design is uh, much maligned and much in need because like you can focus on some aspect of it, but unless you kind of get the whole user experience figured out mm -hmm. and the whole thing's right, you just, you're going to be disappointed and yeah. it's not going to, it's not going to be something you love. And I, I think like for me, like one of the, one of the like the most amazing moments is like, I think it was it Steve Ballmer in like, He's at CES. He's being interviewed about the Zoom that just dropped, and he gets asked by about the iPhone, and he just like starts laughing because it doesn't have a keyboard. It doesn't have any of the enterprise solutions, and he's just you know completely straight out mocking it. Yeah, um, love him or hate him, like Apple is really good at kind of seeing unmet needs and understanding how to get there, even yeah. before people know they want them and need them so like yeah it's easy to, to shit on them when their their stuff breaks or it's not 100 percent. but like they do 
think about their user experience and ecosystem a lot more uh, than businesses do. So it's impressive from that aspect. Oh, definitely. I would say so. Um, <clears throat> let's see. So you got the, you got the Hamilton. That's kind of like, you know, I, I would say the khaki field is, is a watch that a lot of us look at as we're getting into the hobby and trying to figure out what to buy first. I mean, you can go, I, I feel like a lot of these websites will say, get a, you know, an automatic diver or a field watch, uh, maybe, maybe some kind of pilot. I remember those Maritac pilot watches were really popular for an entry recommendation. Where did, where did you go after that? Or like, I guess, I guess what was the first watch where, where you thought to yourself, man, I'm, I'm. I'm hitting a new bracket or I'm 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 kind of creeping outside of my comfort zone maybe even in terms of spending. Oh god, that was it was So, I I, I had like what was it? I had a Citizen EcoDrive Chandler or uh Chronograph for like a decade or so before I had the Hamilton, so it was like all of a sudden um but Prior to living here in Pittsburgh, I lived in Waltham, Massachusetts, which was always named Watch City. And then in my, um, you know, my Googling, I found out more about Waltham and Waltham watches. And they had this 70s, 80s, like skin diver-ish um, uh, dive watch with uh, you know, kind of that vintage styled bezel with, you know, the, the T-shaped profile and, like, the, the gnarled teeth and um, the markers on this watch had, like, uh, almost like grooves of a record. And uh, I just saw that and I was like, I need to find one. And that was my descent down into vintage, which went really crazy on Seiko for a while. And it got too expensive to play with a vintage Seiko and way too difficult to get them serviced and fixed up and then yeah I just I just was like I'm I don't even really want these I'm just collecting them and that's that was kind of like the epiphany moment but um I've always had this fear of materialism creeping into this and uh have always tried to keep my purchases under a certain threshold from a price and I did that once and it soured the purchase so badly that I sold it within a couple months and um, uh, haven't done that again yet. Did um, did what once? Like you went over your, your threshold? Yeah. Yep. I bought a, what is it? A Blova Double Diver Chronograph B or is it C? It's that, like a, that pale blue um, grayish, you know, at least with this age, um, you know, being 50 years old, like they're just, it was beautiful. I just, um, I spent more than I said I would, and uh, um, I loved the watch, but like, just it felt so not me to have something worth that much on my wrist, and I was just like, I can't do this. Dude, that's how I felt. <laughs> I, I wish, I wish my so I I've gone through the same thing, and I wish it was with a bull of a devil diver. Unfortunately, it was with a Batman. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. They'll get yeah. they'll get you to be the butt of several jokes, but yes, um, yes, yeah, that's fine. 
But although I got to say that, like, I remember when I jumped into this hobby, um, you could find a, one of my favorite vintage blowovers is the surfboard. Yeah. And you could find that fairly regularly, it seemed, um, for like, you know, twelve, fifteen hundred dollars $1,500. Now they're like significantly upward of that. And I don't know, I, I bought the reissue uh, a couple months back and I kind of like it. I wear it more than the other chronographs, but it just, um, I don't know. I just, I don't feel connected to it. And I, um, something tells me I would love to have a vintage surfboard double diver chronograph, but like it's, it's not going to happen. Does that one have the, um, the running seconds at nine and then 24 hours at three? Is that, is that the layout for the reissue? Uh, or is it something I f- else? I forget. Um, it might, um, I'd have to Google it and then I'd stop talking, but, um, it's, a, it's a really nicely done. I wish the, because they made the limited edition, which was with the automatic movement like the right colors, but um, I picked up one of the quartz ones, which has the the dial and hands are like blue and orange, but the bezel on the original was red and blue, making for quite the colorful watch. Uh, but the the quartz versions were blue and orange bezels, or it's a or like they would make the surfboard shape black with, and then do a coke bezel and it's just like just just give me a quartz version that kind of gets me close and um so i bought one this guy up from some guy on reddit and he's had the pepsi colored bezel as part of the sale and i'm like i was like oh cool i got this right no like i've taken it to three watch shops now and i couldn't get the bezel off no one there can get the bezel off and they're like get the sentence to Belova. and i'm like that's not gonna happen because they're not gonna want to do that for me so I am now at the I am now at the point of do I take a pair of pliers to the original bezel and see if I can uh, you know cut it in half and then see if I can press on the other bezel and risk ruining the watch or do I just accept it or part ways or whatever. So that was a long roundabout, but yes. Um. We'll see. Oh boy. So do you um I'm meaning to ask you also, do you still have that, um, let's see, maybe it was a while ago. Do you still Probably have that? <laughs> I was going <laughs> to ask about the uh, the Sangin instruments, that GMT. Do you remember that one? Oh, yeah, I, I had that for a couple days. Um, really? Yeah, it just, like, it was one of those where I just, like, it, it seemed to be, like, a, like a spot-on perfect watch. It's just, like... I don't know, maybe it was, I was in a bad time or a bad headspace, but like I opened it up, I put it on, and I was like, cool, it's a watch. It just, it just didn't like, it didn't like, there was no vibe there. Like, I mean, like, I would say like, it was everything you wanted. It was like 40 millimeters, 20 strap, um, you know, GMT hand, everything was like colored and sterile dial and everything was just so nice, but it was just like, um, everything, like it was a brush case, it was nicely done. I just, maybe it was quartz. Like, I just didn't feel like it had any personality to it. And I was just like, I still baffled why I didn't like it, but I, I think I was, uh, I sold it, um, like two or three days later for what I paid for it. And people were thanking me for not, uh, 
um, marking it up to be one of those damn flippers. Yeah, that's a brand I can't. I can barely put my finger on that that brand specifically because their stuff is always sold out on the site, and it's weird that that company also intersects with with some of like the uh, gun guy tactical stuff. I think mm-hmm. you even see some like gun influencers, um, yeah, you know, military gear influencers wearing them and stuff. And, I don't know. I don't know if they just do very limited stuff or if it just sells really, really quickly. I, I think that the designs look cool. That that it's funny. It's funny when I saw you pick that one up because I I, I must have been looking at their catalog around <laughs> the same time. And I you know when I saw you post it, I was like, oh okay, that that's the one that I would have gotten. <laughs> yeah, it was it was a really cool one. I, I kind of almost wish I had, I had uh, been less uh, excited to flip it and move it on because I probably still could have sold it, but I was like, um, so I figured like you or Jason, that guy with a video, uh, <laughs> channel, um, would probably have appreciated these. And I was just, uh, sometimes I get impulsive and had to move it, but yeah, it's a really cool one. Actually, I just yeah, bought a, another, uh, watch of one of those similar military brands. Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of excited to check it out. It kind of falls in like like that like uh, was it Elliot Brown Sangin area? Yeah. Um, I got like a Aries Diver One. Oh yeah, they're actually out here. I think that yeah. brand is is out in in Seattle. I think they are, and they have like a gnarly looking uh, watch. And um, the one I the one I ended up picking up is like just a DLC and black bezel and it just kind of looks really mean and gnarly and um i think you can send it back to them and like um get it modified if you want but they do like this uh, anodized red crown and it just it i have the same fascination with that cwc torpedo timer just that red crown just God, makes, yeah yeah it, it kind of gives me the the something <laughs> the something yeah. Well, I, if I was if I was in my living room, I'd say it gives me the sweaty thighs. But I'm not there right now. <laughs> yeah, I see the red crown. It looks like they do that for the uh, the GMT, which is a crazy looking GMT. Um, sold out, of course. And is the one that you got is that quartz as well or no? Yes. It's the let's see. I think it's the diver one. Yeah. Yeah, that GMT is gnarly. Um, let's see, which one did I get? I got the Diver One Mission Timer. I think so. I love that crown at ten o'clock. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's a fun one, and um, yeah, it's just it looks like the cases DLCs or some sort of a gun metal treatment, and then the bezel looks. A slightly different black and the red sweep and it looks like in some pictures their looms pretty uh crazy too so it's i don't know i'm excited to check it out what kind of um let's see so <laughs> well one more thing we've yeah. we, were t- we were talking about materialism um creeping into watch collecting and trying to avoid excess and all that so we're 
it'll be, it'll be January 31st when this comes out. How many watch purchases are you in so far? This year? Yeah. Um, fuck, you really going to do that to me? Uh, <laughs> hey, no one's going to fail harder <laughs> than me. So it's just a matter of time. Let's even see. If you, even, um, if, even if you're beating me now, it's... Uh, I bought... Oop, three? Four. Four. That's not so was, bad. I've been good since September. <laughs> That's true. That's not so bad. Yeah, but also like I've, I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna push back here and be like, in the last couple of years, I think I've sold close to eighty or so. So like, um, you say eighty? Yeah, I kind of have a problem. Whoa! Yeah, like there there were there were at least like a lot of like you know flips. Like this is not a move, but like um, there was close to like probably forty fifty Seiko that went with some other uh, vintage watches out the door. Man. Yeah, I, I had a full-on obsession with the uh, the 6117 um, GMTs. Are those the ones that are like, uh, they call them the world timers? Or something? Yeah, there's, the, there's okay. the world timer and there's a navigator timer. And um, it's, uh, yeah, actually... Um, I still have one left, and that was the one I was wearing the day my son was born. So uh, um, that one's gonna stay with me. But I just, I don't know. I started. No one's heard this one before, but like I started associating like uh, some sort of significance to these watches. But they were just like, I don't want to wear them. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just like they gotta go. There is, a, so then you pulled away from vintage, but you still have that 6309, right? Or 6306? You still I, have... sold, I sold all of those. I oh. probably shouldn't have. I got rid of all my vintage turtles. I got rid of my vintage tuna. Um, I I scorched the earth. Like, literally, I, I have um, um, all the watches I said I never sell. Like, I think my vintage collection, I have a, I think it's three. Um, I have that Waltham. I have the Navigator Timer. I have this orange and black bezeled Elgin Skin Diver, um, which is okay, it's just it's such a sweet watch. It's just um, it's got these big coffin markers that with, you know crusty you know, old loom and the thing like comes alive under a UV light with that like orange big light bezel. Um, and then actually, I have the I have my step grandfather's Hamilton, and then I have my first watch, was which was a Bradley hand wound bought at Disney. Grandmother, so um, recently had a Gordon at uh, Cincinnati Watch Co. fix it up for me and. That's so funny. One of my first watch memories was a watch that I bought with my grandmother. <laughs> yeah, it was, I remember, like, I have very few memories of Disney or, like, just, like, blips. But, like, I remember getting the watch and it being awesome and then, like, a month later, like, knocking the crown off on something. And <laughs> they got it fixed and then I cracked the crystal and knocked the crown off again and never got fixed again and that's where it sat in a drawer for 
a bunch of years, and but I remember um, my grandmother used to like a snowbird, and uh, she'd go down to Florida and we'd visit her, and <clears throat> vision of an enormous shark hanging from like a pole somewhere, dripping blood, and being completely freaked out as a five-year-old. <laughs> Sounds like Florida. Yep. Yes, it does. <clears throat> so we just had actually. Um... I, I don't I can't keep track of the shows anymore. I know I know LVMH Watch Week was a thing. Mm-hmm. I I went to the Oris thing recently. Um, I'm trying to I'm trying to keep up more with the new cadence of watch releases in an industry where we no longer really have shows like Basel's super dead. Um, I think SIHH officially turned into Watches and Wonders. Uh, Anything, anything out of that recent wave catching your eye or anything? Because I don't, I don't know what to think about a lot of these new releases. Um, you know, when I do find myself keeping up with them, I'm really, I'm probably the wrong person to <laughs> to ask about these kinds of things because, like, I, I don't know, like I'm, I. I Like another new Rolex doesn't excite me. Like I don't, I couldn't be bothered with the visit Hill Patek Philippe. Uh, <laughs> it just doesn't. Um, it just doesn't do anything for me. Um, and I'm trying to fi- think of, like, uh, you know, I don't know. I as a product designer, I'm always excited by like history and. Um, but I also appreciate new things. And it's, it's like, I'm just trying to, I don't know, like I really like the Zenith stuff they're doing or stuff that Zenith is doing. Um, but, but this, I'm not sure. This is what I was sure. trying to get out of you. This is what I was trying to get out of you. Cause I'm like, I like the Zenith. I wonder if he likes the Zenith. <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, was it HYT watches are, are pretty sweet. I don't think that was an LVMH release. Um, I just love the fact that they're using fluid to tell time. Um, um, let me see. What else? Like, the, I like the, the Tag Aqua Racer, but, like, it's just, it's too dressy of a watch for me. Yeah. <clears throat> um, same thing with, like, the, a lot of the stuff. I mean, like, I think if I had an unlimited budget, like, like the Resence would be something I would geek out over i don't know if i would like it long term but like man that's a cool piece of design both from like a technological and a uh, visibility readability usability standpoint i feel like we need more oil filled watches yes like things like that are just so much fun and it's um and i don't know i don't know if it's i don't know if it has something to do with the difficulty of manufacturing or maybe just maintaining them but you know zinn used to have a lot of those oil filled watches and i think i think they have fewer of them in in the catalog these days um and i I think always the oil filled ones were quartz which makes them even cooler to me yeah that's i i would love to see people mess with uh you know just these oil filled um dial displays and all that Definitely, like it's just so neat. Like, like I, 
I think the untapped market in watches would be like something along the line. I think we saw it a couple. Maybe not. I retract completely. Um, I think, uh, was it was it Oris did it? And so did Bill and Ross, but like really simple, aesthetically uh, designed skeletonized watches. Just like, like if you're going to show us a watch skeleton, it doesn't have to be like this big floral crazy thing. Um, it could be, it could be simple and straightforward and, and still kind of lovely. Um, yeah, that's part of the reason I like those new, uh, def- well, they're not new anymore, but the Defy series from Zenith, they have, they, yes. they have, they have the crazy chronographs and all that stuff, which, which I, I enjoy as well, but I, I like the, um, the smaller time only one it's skeletonized and it just comes on a rubber strap and that you can they lose a lot of value used so that one looks kind of cool i i i would go for a skeleton like that yeah i'm, I'm not looking through a website yeah was, that one is so nice with that kind of the blue like five-pointed star it's just it's, it's just like uh I don't even know if it's titanium, but it, like something like that with like titanium and would be kind of ridiculous. Although like I'm on another watch blog right now trying to find the LVMH stuff, and there's this Hermes some I'm not even gonna pronounce that right. Squillet Loon watch. We don't try. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know, but like it's it's like kind of moon phase, but skeletonized, and like kind of a, just a. Um, Like like at least a two piece two piece case where the back is reading any of the text here. Um, Find it. I can just suck you the link. Oh, I see it. I see this one. I mean, it's still feels kind of fancy, but like it's sort of clean and some interesting stuff going on. I would like to see. Maybe it wouldn't work, but I. After so after seeing the, the the watches and those cases and stuff in person, I I do have a little bit more of an appreciation for those big crown pointer dates that Oris does. Yes, I, I used to I used to really not just like like them at all, but I guess it was a situation where I had to handle one in person. So I might have been too judgy before seeing it in person. Um, being in a fancy veil lunch probably helped too, but, <laughs> <laughs> but um. I don't know. It, imagine something like that skeletonized. I don't know. I guess you would have to. You wouldn't be able to skeletonize the the date track, but you you could be able to do something cool with the dial itself. Because um, at thirty eight millimeters, uh, specifically the the one in steel that they showed, that thing was cool. I just wish it was on a bracelet. Yeah. Um, I like trying to figure out why it bothers me but like the 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 rose or the cathedral hands are just like mm. it, it's like it's the one detail i would change but otherwise like like it's such a beautiful watch and design and just like the doing the complication that way as opposed to behind the dial is just such a like um a different take on it and i've only seen the i guess an older woman's version that didn't come out right an older model woman's version okay. <laughs> um, uh, in person. So that's the only context I have. And like, it was, it was just phenomenal. Like I just like, I just 
looking at this thing from a screen, I'm just like, yeah, that's enough to keep me from, from engaging. But I'm sure if I saw one in person and or had either that, that new, was a gray few, like Fume dial or the, the, the tealish blue one, like, oh God, those are just, yeah, those are pretty hot. That's that's the one I've been thinking of. I, I wish I know Oris is really pushing this like sustainable leather that they're doing. Um, I don't know. Do they take it off a living cow? <laughs> it's I will be. We, we honest. have no waste. It heals. It it it, it gets better. It, it minimal scarring. I'll be honest. I probably should have paid more attention when they <laughs> <laughs> were talking about it. But they they are they are doing something with a uh, with more of a sustainable leather uh supplier but anyways i I don't i don't wear much leather anyways Uh, i I have a leather wallet Um, yeah but that thing yeah they they still do that teal dial Uh, i'm getting a post ready for the website where there's a lot of hands-on photos with that specific dial i just wish they had a a bracelet for it um would you ever wear bronze like, no, like the way that it was, bronze, all bronze with the bronze. I, I can't. I, I can't. I just. It's, it's just. I'm. I feel this is, my, my, this is a personal thing, and no way should anyone listen to me. <laughs> um, but like, bronze looks like gold in some ways, where mm-hmm. it's got the yellow color, which I assume, or, or I just feels more gaudy or inherently valuable yeah um and so therefore like i'm like it i just can't like i just i'm just also i don't like the color mm. um it just the stainless steel or titaniums like or, or like a kind of a black coated watch is just like kind of my comfort zone i can i think they're beautiful and i think like that chocolate and that is it was it a burgundy one too um yeah it, it like, was like the, an oxblood brown yeah like that's that's so cool but like it's just not me and i can appreciate it and i love what they did with like you know the railroad track and um just the overall design and details i mean like I, you know i'm also a big fan of when the uh knurling on the bezel matches the knurling on the crown um and i can't believe it's not happening more often on like really expensive watches because it's like come on dude it's like you have not that much real estate and you have two different textures or patterns or details and it's just like it makes no sense that's my level of OCD when it comes to like looking at things I like the way that you just described it and I think I think it nails the the um I think the type of watch that you and I both go for and it's the black hooded watch like that's (laughs) that's a that's a really good way to put it I, I don't know if I could do the I don't know if I could do the bronze either. I was very I was very tempted. I was trying to feel like I could be that person that I've I've never bought a bronze watch or anything. And I sent I sent the photos to to my wife and her first question was like, "Oh, is that rose gold?" Um, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it, it it does a good job of of uh looking gaudy and stuff until it starts to patina, in which case I I I don't know Man, I, I see people post photos of these, like, it just looks like cases covered in barnacles after yeah. a while, and when bronze starts to patina. I, I don't know if I can get behind that, but the watch was super cool. I, I I would still just go for the steel one. I don't know. They've made a lot of those, and I 
Maybe they do have a 38 millimeter in steel with a bracelet. That might be. But I, I don't know. I gotta. I have to try to be careful with purchases this year too. <laughs> yeah. As as I as I plan to maybe make one soon. <laughs> Excellent. Well, I look forward to seeing you. Uh, fail. Uh, well, not fail. I didn't say it was a failure. It, it's more like it's just like. It's really hard once you kind of like get into this to be able to be like, I'm not going to do it. Or um, I'm trying to figure out how to adopt like a, a one in, one out mm, approach. Yeah. Um, and curious to see what my current incomings do to that approach. But like, like I refuse to get a bigger wash box or I refuse to like, um, because I was noticing when I was, watches were spilling out of it, like it just like, not being able to make up my mind caused anxiety, and I was like, "No, this is not. This is not fun." And, but yeah, like going going back to the Oris, I would definitely do this deal. I probably would do the Fumé Gray because, like, the exception of the Neo B I'm wearing, like, just I I haven't done very well with brightly colored dials, and uh, I would first thing I would do is it on a fucking NATO. <laughs> <laughs> that actually would look kind of cool, I think. Kind of like a um, kind of a green, you know, canvas strap would be pretty pretty killer. You do have quite the selection of straps. I feel like we could I feel like we could have done a whole episode on straps because you yeah, have, you have a pretty I nice selection. <laughs> <laughs> problems. Yeah. You can be. You can be honest. Problems. No, I see so because I I see straps on your page that I just don't see anywhere else, and I'm just like, oh, I need that. I definitely, I definitely need that. Um, yeah, yeah, there's just some Stevo straps, uh, gas gas bones, um, Hawkrigger, and Nikki Mankey are all doing amazing stuff and um, make it way too easy. Also, the watch steward. Um, like those yeah. are like. Like they're just like each one has its own pros and cons, um, but you might like the uh, the gas gas bones because they make kind of like a NATO bund style, so like kind of something that would go perfect on a Bell and Ross, but um, so you get a twenty two millimeter strap with you know twenty lug 20 millimeter loops for your uh, spring bar and just like it's sized to the lug the center to center of your uh, watch so like you can if it matches up for more than one watch you can use it or it does work on other sizes too but like it's it's a really nice strap and um, yeah I, I, I could talk a lot about them <laughs> on the next episode with uh watch squatch yeah i feel like such a poser <clears throat> i've never i i never got the uh i never bought from cheapest nato straps until good <laughs> until she started doing those ribbed ones yes <laughs> and, then and those, those are amazing and then i was very i was really impressed so now i have two of them uh, because that's the popular that's the trend if, right now these these rib straps I might be teeing you up here, I might not, but I feel kind of really bad because it seems like um, he rebranded, I'm not sure what his name was, but it was Cincinnati Straps or... Uh, Cincy Strapco? Yeah, Cincy Strapco. I think he may have spent a whole bunch of time um, 
possibly other people too, but um, to develop like a rib strap like that, which was more like, I guess, a vintage style of issued strap. But it sounds like that like um, cheapest NATO saw that other people were doing it or found it on Alibaba and just like went all in and just, I feel, you know, everyone's buying their cheapest NATO and which is fine because you, but like, I just feel bad for the brands that are trying to actually spend time and money to develop a product and then have it. Yeah. Hijacked. ZWC is doing it now too. Mm. They, they now sell a, uh, it's called the CWC single pass ribbed strap. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, so some, you and your, you and your missus can enjoy this watch strap. Exactly. <laughs> Sorry uh, guys. I am perpetual or ladies as well. I'm perpetually 12 and I apologize. Okay. That's, that's, that's part of what this show is about. Let me see. So, so, so answer me this question, Mike. What did I mean, or maybe you can't or don't want to, but what did you think about the Sun Wukong or Wukong, Wukong watch? Which one is? Oh, oh, the one with the enamel. Yeah, because I don't get it. I also like so. I thought it was cool that Oris found. Um, you know, this somewhat obscure like story slash cartoon and was enthusiastic enough to um, to make a watch about it. Like they have they have another they have another version that they did recently where it's not as limited. And the dial is really cool because I guess it takes the the character, the, the character's weapon and you see the the kind of animation of it in the second mm. hand. So that that's pretty cool. But I, I, I'll admit that I know almost nothing about, you know, enamel watches or the different processes for, you know, making dials like that. Um, so it, it was kind of lost on me. Um, I do like the playfulness of taking that high level of enamel dial and putting it in a sport watch, like a dive watch. Um, so that, that part was kind of cool, but you know, overall, I was um, I had fun wearing it for a little bit. Mm-hmm. I didn't I didn't think to myself, huh? I I might buy one of these for over twenty five thousand. <laughs> it, it, do you think this is like a sign that Oris is moving towards like a more upscale market? I don't think so. I don't think so, really. I I think Oris. I think Oris is um, still they're very they're very enthusiast driven and the fact the most attractive thing about Oris to me especially after kind of going out to Vale um being a part of their press trip for the first time is that like they're run by of just a very small group of people like it's i think it's around like six people in the US and they're very plugged into the enthusiast community so i think they know for example especially with some of the reaction we've seen, they know that that's not what like a lot of their audience is about. So I don't see them, for example, doing this consistently or this being a huge part of their product lineup. Um, but I, I do think that kind of with some of the growth that they've seen recently, uh, they had you know, two really good years recently in spite of pandemic and all that stuff. 
Um, I think they're just gonna try to push the envelope a little bit here and there, and it's it's really seventy two pieces. It's just seventy two yeah. pieces. So it, it's again, it's not it's not a central part of their catalog, but I I, I think they're just gonna try to do stuff that's a little bit more playful. Um, no, I I I have I've just it miss. I'm a total miss on this one, or or I'm just not the right person for this. But like it's same. It's interesting looking, and I'm I'm all for a brand that uh, is like with their uh, recycled ocean plastic dial, like just like, um, it's just awesome because like it's. I was getting into a conversation about this the other day, and it's, it's not so much that there, there's that much plastic in a watch dial that's going to really make a difference, but it's like the more we get manufacturers to normalize using recycled plastic, the cheaper recycled plastic can become and the easier it is for people to use it. It's just um, going back 20-something years when I was fresh out of school and, like, you know, all idealistic, it was like you couldn't get anyone to use regrind or recycled plastic because it was just worried about impurities and this and that and no one wanted to be bothered now it's like there's ways to work around it or there's ways to use it uh, and make it interesting so um it doesn't have to be for every purpose but like hey we've made a ton of this stuff we might as well try to do something with it so it's 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 kind of nice to see that so the coolest thing so they they are big on you know some of their their conservation efforts and you know stirring up some level of awareness with specific releases. But the coolest thing that I heard uh, from their CEO there is that they are trying to, in many ways, reinvent what a luxury event looks like. Um, so his explanation for that was, you know, in the past, you would have watch brands, you know, renting out these huge halls or, you know, these in mm-hmm. a fancy hotel, getting a bunch of people together for a dinner, which, I mean, to be fair, they still do. But... Uh, some of some of what they've been doing recently is organizing these ocean cleanups or these beach cleanups and stuff. And, That's awesome. And making them like making them new luxury or sustainable luxury, if you want to call it like like just reinventing the idea of what <clears throat> a person could look like interacting with a luxury brand. So it's not necessarily going out to a fancy dinner. Let's go out to the Aura's beach cleanup. Uh, and yeah, then you know do that, and then maybe see some cool products after. So that's, that's something special. I can yeah. get behind that one hundred percent. Let's see. Um, yeah, this has been this has been cool. I think we're we're at like an hour. Um, I think one one question that I have. You're you're like a never Rolex kind of guy, right? Yeah. Well, I sure I'm, you can say I'm, that. I'm, I've I've evolved into a never Rolex guy. <laughs> I mean, like I, I feel like the vintage Rolex. There, there's some there's some charm to them. I mm-hmm. mean, it, it being that is the the classic. You know, I mean, the subdial is the subdial. I mean, it's just like it's hard to simplify or distill down further than that. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's hard to um, you know despise some of it or like you know poop on it uh, for yeah. lack of a better term but like it's it's like yeah i just i don't want anything to do with a brand even though like a polar explorer would be pretty damn cool or you know a vintage sub would be kind of fun to wear but like it just i'm 
Yeah, I'm just guessing I wouldn't feel comfortable wearing one, knowing how much it would uh, be worth. Yeah, and Rolex will never go back to that, that yeah. kind of old school style. So is there a grail? Uh, I don't know if there's a grail, because that I think I was joking with Jason a while back. I was just like, there's no grail, there's just the next watch. Um, or it's just like, I don't know, like I've, I, I might characterize myself as a serial watch trier as opposed to a collector because I'm not sure I want to have a collection of these things. Um, I, down to something like 12 watches or something, which is probably 11 too many that I wear on a regular basis. Um, but like, it's fun, it's enjoyable, it's, you know, like, I mean, honestly, um, I, I'm probably, uh, I, I probably shouldn't say this because I don't want any more jerks to join the Slack because it's it's a special place, but uh, thank you for making the Slack because it's just a, you know, it's been a really fun place to come in, hang out, and just like have this connection to people who share the love of discourse over <laughs> minutia or sheer nothingness for hours and hours and um, I think it, you've created a place where uh, a bunch of us have made some really good friendships and it's really cool so thank you yeah you're welcome I <clears throat> I, I really enjoy the slack as well I'm just there every day it's one of the first things I check in the morning uh, and <laughs> even, before, <laughs> even before bed at night it's uh, it's an interesting place I want to ex- I want to expand on the um, and just the idea of community and I want to I don't know at some point you know probably create something a little more sustainable than a slack channel uh, you know I was talking to some guys about a forum but um, definitely keeping this I guess this semi-isolated more exclusive area where y'all can can interact and stuff and it's been it definitely turned into something that I did not think it would I I, I actually I can't remember how this, I, I know I started it, but I can't remember how it started, if that makes sense. So there's, if you look through the member list, there's another, yes. there's another mic. It's just like a purple avatar. It says workspace owner. And so that, that is, that's the God account. That's like the admin account for the whole thing. But that's not the one that I'm logged into. And I don't know what that is. I don't know what email I used. I don't know. <laughs> so it, it's almost like this, you know, self-sustaining sentient thing. I, Yeah, it just appeared. Well, thanks to Alex and uh, some, some coding on my part, we, we kind of came alive for a bit. Oh, what's that? It was like, um, I was I was like behind the scenes, like uh, goading Alex into like adding all these, like, auto messages into slack oh i remember that <laughs> yes <laughs> yeah we gotta uh, we'll, we'll, it, it's gonna be fun to watch it grow in the future and uh yeah I yeah mean, thank you for the support it, it it definitely helps um you know for the first time after seeing how things went last year uh i was i was telling some folks that for the first time because of like the slack and all that stuff uh, we'll finally be able to invest in like writers, for example, so that we can get maybe um, more of a fresh take on news, uh, maybe hopefully more reviews and things like that. So 
it all helps. Yeah, whatever you're paying Damon, pay double it. He's okay. just funny. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we'll close out. Read the balance cock bugle. Oh, yes. <laughs> I actually included one of my wrist shots on his recent pant. That, that actually, that was the first balance cock bugle piece that I published, and I was just like, Man, do we need to start adding a disclaimer to the posts themselves? <laughs> because yes. I can definitely see Panerai stumbling on that post and being like, "What the hell is going on here?" Like, yes, yeah. it's, it's satire, guys. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'm not gonna add a disclaimer. That's good. It's fun. It's just, yeah. What was the Rolex post that got people on the Rolex forums? That was oh, that was so good. That was that so was, good. I forgot about just, that one. That one was oh god. I kind of yeah. wish I kind of wish it went more viral, but whatever. We'll get there. We'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> then we'll get there. It, 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 it's a it's a fun ride, and uh, it's it's just uh, it adds a a community aspect or a personal aspect to this that uh, I don't think is anywhere else in this crazy hobby, or at least that I've seen. So it's a lot of fun. Well, I think we can close out, man. I think uh, <clears throat> it was a fun episode. I've got I got to know you more as a collector Likewise. and your your right. journey and stuff. Maybe next time I can interview you. Yes, yeah, that'd be. I've you know what I I have never done an interview. Kaz is invited on on interviews. I'm not. He's <laughs> so maybe maybe someday someone can interview me. I I that would be my honor. <laughs> we'll we'll figure something out. <laughs> All right, man. Yeah, so, Josh, Watch Squatch, thanks so much for coming on. Um, the floor is yours to say goodbye, and then I'll close it out and get going. All right, thank you, Mike. Uh, thank you, Kaz, and uh, good week. Thanks for listening, guys. My name is Mike, and you're listening to Two Broke Watch Snobs. Later. Later.